coming up, my brother. That's awesome. This is a good friend of mine. Yeah, <laughs> We've known each other a while, and uh, man, it's so good to have you with us, Hans. You know, Hans came in for this meeting, and he was a little early, and I, I was, as I was getting ready for this Sunday, I was like, man, I'm going to have Hans come up, and we're going to do this together today. Is that okay? Yeah. That's awesome. You know, we have a, you know, when, we, how many of you were here with Mary this last, this last, uh, this last weekend. Five services, right? So a bunch of you all um, could come to all of those from Friday night, Saturday morning. And you know, whenever Mary comes, if people don't know Mary, I always think that, man, they're going to miss out. If she starts on a, on a Friday, they're going to get to Sunday and like, oh, oh dear, I missed out Friday and Saturday morning, you know. But Mary, Mary comes every couple years and, and I, love, I love what she imparts to us. And she steps in, she steps in the office of a prophet and, and, you know, prophecy is one of these areas that is, is, I think, is kind of abused in the church. It's misunderstood to a great extent. And um, because I, I don't know how many, I can't speak for you, but generally speaking, prophecy has been um, so misunderstood. And so people have made it ultra weird. So people, whenever people talk about prophecy, you're getting the people that think that it's got to be kind of, a prophet has got to be somebody mean or somebody angry who has got to shove their finger in your nose. They've got to, they've got to tell you to shape up or ship out or God's going to get you or whatever it is. Um, and, and, and so there's these connotations with prophecy and then, and, and generally speaking with spiritual gifts. And, and we know that we absolutely, absolutely need the Holy Holy Spirit and everything that He provides us today. Amen? Amen. And so of these things, you know, we, we, we read in, in 1 Corinthians 14, I mean, sorry, 1 Corinthians 12, Paul starts in the chapter, as you hear me say so often, he says, listen, brothers, I don't want you to be ignorant about the spiritual. It doesn't say spiritual gifts. If you go and check it out in the King James Version, gifts is in italics. There is no word gifts in that first verse. And translators put it in there because they thought, oh, he must be mean gifts because he's going to be talking about gifts. So they just threw it in there to help us. Well, it actually doesn't. It misleads us a little bit. It's just a touch. They don't, it wasn't mean. But it says, I don't want to be, you to be ignorant about the spiritual. And then he goes on, like Pastor Greg Moore says, to, to un, or dis, in, what does he say? To unignorantize us. Unignorantize. That's right. To unignorantize us. And he, he spends three chapters, chapters of, of Corinthians unignorantizing us about the spiritual stuff. And, and, of course, they, he speaks about uh, prophecy as one of these gifts that, we, that, that are essential to, to the body of Christ. We, and, and, and what I love about um, 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 1, um, he says, now, off, you know, I don't, I don't want to lay this whole foundation. Maybe we'll touch on it again. But he says, he says this in, in chapter 14, verse 1, uh, 1 Corinthians 14, 1, pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual, and there it is again, he puts in gifts, it's not supposed to be there. He says, earnestly, earnestly desire the spiritual, especially that you may prophesy. Especially. That's, so, so I love that word, earnestly desire. It's that word we get zealous from, or zeal from, zeal you. It's this, to burn with zeal, to be absolutely, to be heated or to boil. You know when you get hot? When you, when you get mad, when you get angry, and you feel like a little... Red coming out. You see that kid's movie with an angry guy. It gets like a little red and like he's going to smolder. He's burning. But zealous, to be zealous is to, to get heated, to get angry, to be, to be that passionate about something. So it's to absolutely to be heated, to boil, to desire earnestly, to pursue, 
um, to strive after, to busy oneself about, to exert oneself for one, or to even envy. Now, that's pretty passionate, right? That is not a casual, we're not encouraged here to have sort of a hairy casual sort of response to the spiritual. We're told to be zealous for the spiritual stuff. I'm telling you, we will live defeated lives if we don't understand and take what's our inheritance. Yeah. And I'm telling you, I didn't know it because I grew up in a church. I grew up in a Baptist church that didn't teach any of this. Maybe your Baptist church you grew up did. Mine didn't. I, I, never, I, I heard about the Holy Spirit, but I never was taught anything about the gifts. And every, if I was told anything about the gifts I, or anything about the spiritual at all, I was told, well, it was for, the, for, the, you know, for those days with the apostles. That's kind of passed away. Don't worry, we were wrong. What's so funny is about all my friends that were in those places say, don't you love the pastor? He just preaches the word. Do you know that most people in most churches say the pastor preaches the word? But do you know how many churches leave out the Holy Spirit? Listen, people, there wasn't a day of miracles or a time of gifts. There is only a God who is the same yesterday, today, and Forever. forever. There's only one. He's the same. He's the same. Jesus said, it's better that I go away. The Spirit was poured out after Jesus. All of these things are for us, right? And so we are supposed to, it says, so earnestly desire, burn with passion for the spiritual. And he says, especially, listen to that, especially that you may prophesy. Interesting. You and I should earnestly desire to prophesy. What are you saying, Shannon? I thought only prophets prophesy. Look, Mary's a prophet. She can prophesy. Listen, that's the office of a prophet. First, in, in Ephesians chapter 4, we are told that God gave gifts to many. He's speaking about five offices. The apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, and the teacher. And what are they, as you've heard me say so many times before? They are supposed to bring us to maturity to do the work of the ministry. The officers are supposed to do that. And so God uses five different officers to help us come to, to bring us to maturity. And so that's what we do at Lake Haven. We, le we lean on an evangelist. We bring an evangelist once in a while. We lean on the office of a prophet and bring somebody like Mary in once in a while so they can help bring us to maturity in these things. But don't throw out all prophecy and, well, that's for them. Give me a word, Mary, and then I, 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 I you know, I, that's not for me. No, right here. Eagerly desire the spiritual, especially that you prophesy. Amen. Well, I don't know, Shannon. Well, listen, sorry. I'm just making it louder. I'm not, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just reading the Bible. It's I'm, in your Bible. I, it, I promise. It, yeah, it is in your Bible. <laughs> and I'm not even using the Amplified, so it's like, but I mean... But in, even in verse, in verse 39 of the same chapter, same words, so my brothers, he repeats it again, earnestly desire, be zealous for, get heated about, be earnestly strive for, uh, he says, um, to prophesy and do not forbid speaking in tongues. You know, I, and I'm, I'm digress a little bit, but we were talking about tongues and the power of speaking in tongues. I, I, I never grew up with understanding tongues. And you know a little bit about my story. When I was in high school, I went to this little Assemblies of God church, and, and Jim and Jenny Morkel came, took me to the little back room afterwards and said, have you been filled with the Holy Spirit? And I was like, filled? I mean, I know of the Holy Spirit. And they laid their hands on me, and they prayed with me, and I, I, prayed, in the, I prayed in tongues. And I never did again for three years. 
I strived and I tarried and I waited because my mind got involved. And I thought, oh, well, that's not for me. I, I don't know. I, I, I was so well untaught in, in, in what it meant to, to pray in the Spirit that I didn't have good teaching. But you know what? Faith comes by hearing yep. and hearing by the Word of God. Yep. And if you aren't taught the Word of God, you don't know. And, and many of us have had an experience with the Holy How many in here have had an experience with the Holy Spirit? Right? M many of us have. And then we come to find out years, sometimes weeks, months, years later, what we have. But we base it off our experience instead of going back to the Word and defining it by what the Word says. Not, not because anyone was, you know, uh, uh, malicious towards us. They wanted us to experience it. They operated in those gifts. But because we just didn't know. We were just ignorant to it. We, we didn't know. But you can find it in the Word. And the Word is eternal. The Word does not leave you. We may leave this earth. Our physical bodies may. But the Word that we preach, they are spirit, they are life, and they won't leave. They're eternal. They're perpetual. They're continual. They don't stop. So we've got to go back to what the Word says. And, and oftentimes you get into the gifts and, and, you know, we talked about this a little bit last night, that it becomes like a bowl of cereal. All the fruits, the nuts, the flakes show up. <laughs> well, we're just going to have an experience. That's great. I'm all for it. God's a spirit, soul, and body. We're made in his image and likeness. But if you're going off emotions all the time, they're going to let you down. How many know that emotions will let you down? Right? They can, they can keep you high. They can keep you low. But the word of God is stable. The word of God keeps you growing. We've got to position our hearts in a place where we dig into the word and we experience the spirit with it. It's the word with the spirit. It's not either or. Both of them are working together. And praise God for Lake Haven. You're in a church where you do both. Yeah, amen. That's how it works. Yeah. yeah, there's some of us that have had an experience and we need a little more word. There's some of us that have been grounded in the word, whether, it, like, like you said, it, it may have been how that uh, denomination or doctrine set you up, but you need to move out in the spirit. But both work together is how we experience the life and the love and the power of God. Amen? You know, it's, it's, it's kind of sad because we, if we don't know the word of God, and listen, the, the, the responsibilities on you and I as a believer, if you're a born-again believer, it's your own responsibility to grow. It really is. Because, and, and I say it this way, because if you don't know, if you don't, if you don't lay hold of the Word of God and you don't grow in the things of God, then you, you are the one that misses out because of a lack of knowledge. My people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. It can cost you your life physically. If you don't know about the benefits that we've spoken about, the benefits of healing, the benefits of how to appropriate faith, the benefits of what the Holy Spirit is and for us, you can, you can, you can pass away before your time. It says it in 1 Corinthians 11. For this reason, many of you are weak and sickly, and some of you have even died or fallen asleep. Because we have not laid hold of these things. So it's imperative if you want to, when we come and we, we, we enter, we come into Jesus and we come into this kingdom, 
that, that we, we lay hold of truths and we grow. And, and it's why, that's why we want to we facilitate at Lake Haven um, and, and we want to help people to make it easy to grow and to, and to develop these things. I, I think of um, uh, first, oh, sorry, 2 Peter chapter 1 in verse 3. It says, His divine power is granted to us all things that pertain, pertain to life and godliness. So right there, we know that we've been given, past tense, everything that we need for life and godliness. But because we're ignorant... I'm sorry to put it that bluntly, but because we're ignorant, we say, okay, I've got all things. And then we look at our bank account. Well, I don't have money there. And we look at our bodies when I've got sickness. Oh, I don't know why there. I've got all things. Is the Bible lying? No, it's not. Because there's a process. You've got to read more than just one scripture or some preacher that tells you, hey, listen, you got it. And you say, oh, well, yeah, yeah, amen, hallelujah, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it, I've got it. It's not just saying I've got it. It's understanding how to lay hold of it. Yes. How to appropriate it. Because there is, and it says right then when you finish the verse, that we, we have these things through the knowledge of Him who called us. And then it says in verse, in verse 4, which He has granted to us precious and very great promises, so that through them you may become partakers of the divine nature. There's a way to lay hold of what the promises are, to appropriate the promises into my life. I want you to understand it. They have been given past tense, but I need to lay hold of them and appropriate on my life. Or guess what? I miss out. I miss out. And I'm telling you, I've met people who are like that who say, well, one day when I get to heaven, you know, I'm going to, God's going to have to apologize to me if I die. I'm like, oh, really? Okay, we'll see how that one works out for you, (laughs) you know. But it's just like we got to, we've got to lay hold of the promises. So I know that's a little bit of a foundation because when it comes to we're zoning in on prophecy, prophecy like tongues has been one of these arenas where there hasn't been some good teaching. How do you do it? What is prophecy about? Some people, they, they have a sort of a brushed overview of the Bible so that they understand, well, listen, if God says it back then, it's going to happen. Do you know that that's not true? Amen. <laughs> wow, See, it, got, it, it got quiet. <laughs> Do you guys hear that? It's, it's quiet up here. It, it, you hey, know what? let's you give know. a quick example. Let's give a quick example. Okay. Now, God, if anyone knew how to prophesy, do you think it would be God? Yeah. Right? Back in Exodus, God prophesied that Israel would be delivered in 400 years. God, God himself says this, right? Yeah. We're not talking about a man. We're talking about God. Does anybody know how long... It took for Israel to be delivered? 430 years. Is God a false prophet? No. What are you saying, Hans? Yeah. What, what is it? No. Yeah. The, grace, here, here's what you have to see is prophecy is a grace potential. In other words, it creates a space for the word of God to come to pass in your heart, in your life. Because it's going to work out of your heart. It's not going to happen. See, we have this... This overlaying thought a lot of times that's been the most demonic doctrine out there that God's in control. And if God's in control, he's doing a terrible job of saving everybody. Come on. I know I'm I'm poking some hearts right now. I love you. I really do. But I want to deal with this because then we carry it right over into prophecy. And we think that, well, the the prophet said it, so it has to come to pass no matter what. No, the, the prophecy is just a grace potential, but you have to combine grace with faith. Ephesians 2.8, 
For by grace are you saved through faith. Not just, we're not just talking about eternal forever. We're talking about healed, delivered, protected, provided for, made whole. All the things involved in a prophecy that build you up, encourage you, comfort you, exhort you, are going to take place by grace through faith. God's provided it in Jesus. We have everything, we just read it, everything, all things pertaining to life and godliness. Not some, all of it's in there. But through our hearts, we have to learn to access it and then respond to it. There, there's going to be some form, some step. I know all the grace people are like, oh, don't, make, don't go into dead work. Or don't, don't, don't make me go back into law haunts. No, you're going to have to do something, but it's believing. It's one thing in the new covenant. It's believing. That is the work of the, of the new covenant. It's to believe. That's it. Right. And, you know, and I'll, make, I'll make this exception. When God says, when God prophesies and he says, I will, that's different. He will. When, God is say, when he says, I will. But do you know that there are prophecies that are conditional? How about this? Have you, ever, have you ever looked in the Old Testament about what the land of the promised land, have you, have you ever looked up the borders of what the promised land is that God gave Israel? Anybody remember in Genesis 15 where, he, where God says, he says to Abraham, I, this is going to be your land, and he starts giving him dimensions. He mentions again in Joshua. He says from the river, the great river in Egypt to the Euphrates in the east. Do you know where the Euphrates is? It's in Iraq, right across Syria, right all over Jordan, all the way to, into, right into Iraq. Did they possess all of that? No, they didn't. Why not? Because they got as far as they wanted and said, we're good. And that's okay. They possessed what they wanted to or felt that they needed to. They didn't actually take all that was assigned to them. And I'm telling you, we have more assigned to us than we can ever spend in life. God is always more than enough. He Amen. gives you over and abundant supply, not just enough. You don't have to ask him to supply you any extra. You, you can't ask him for healing because he's already given you all the healing of heaven. He can't ask him to give you provision because Jehovah Rapha, I mean, sorry, Jehovah uh, Jireh has already provided. So there's a way, but there is a way. Like I said, so part of this is, is helping us to, to, to process how to lay hold of things. And so when it comes to prophecy, because we zone, I know we're touching on a couple of big topics over here, but I want you to see this, this overview. When it comes to prophecy um, and you have a, a, the, somebody in the office of a prophet who, gave, uh, who gives words, there has been some dangers if you don't know what to do with that. I have, um, you probably have seen this, Hans. Um, I have seen some people that have got a word, and because they haven't been taught what to do with the word, they have literally left their job because they were told that they were going to go into ministry. So they resigned from their job on Monday, and they started praying. They locked themselves up in their room and just prayed. And they prayed and they prayed. And I met them 35 years later while they were burned out, disappointed with God, waiting for God to give them a ministry. I'm telling you, Bible school towns, listen carefully, Bible school towns all over the world are filled with people waiting for God to tell them what to do. Do you know that Jesus said it in the Word of God? If you don't understand how to appropriate the Word of God, the Word of God says, go into all the world. It's not, it's, does, you don't have to be a neuroscientist to figure that one out. <laughs> go. But God hasn't given me a specific word. What, who told you you need a specific word? You have His Word. Go into all the world and make disciples of all men. Go. 
As you go, the kingdom of God happens. Right. As you go. Even, even the apostles, when they were going, Philip goes down to the city of Samaria. He wasn't sent. He preaches the gospel. Fancy that. People are saved, delivered, healed, set free. We have great signs, wonders follow. Why? Because he was going in obedience to the eternal word of God. You go in, in obedience to what God says. And let me tell you, God's voice and word will come correctionally. Isaiah 30, I think, says it. If you turn to the left or to the right, you will hear a voice behind you saying, this is the way, walk ye in it. Most of the time when Paul, where was he? he was just preaching and going from city to city and town throughout Asia, and he's about to go somewhere and suddenly he has a dream. He feels, no, I shouldn't go into the city. Correctional. God's stopping him. Hey, whoa, 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 don't go here. So God will help us along the way, but God can't move a steering ship. I mean, can't steer and not an, a stable as... as Parked. Parked static ship. Thank you. <laughs> God, you the tongues be, you, and interpretation you to, if working. If you're going and you're Became working. prophecy. <laughs> you know, we need, to be, we need to understand that there's a going, there's an obedience of going that we have to do. And, and so part of, of when, when we have a prophecy, as I said, it's very much like having the Word of God. We, get, we, we, we have got to, one, discern it. We should talk about that scripture yeah. first. Yeah, and in, in on a practical level, you know, when, when you receive a prophetic word, whether it's, it's somebody learning and growing or the, the quote-unquote office of a prophet, someone that's very seasoned and practiced in this and, and has that gift on their life, something to keep in mind is when, when we're doing this and, and we teach, we always introduce it, no names, no dates, uh, and no geographies. Um, just as a safeguard, because I've seen that where people said, well, you're supposed to marry so-and-so, and they, uh, they just jump on into, into the word, into the prophetic word without putting it through the word, without testing it in their own heart or bear, letting it bear witness, um, and, and it's, it's hurt people's lives from it. And, and that's, I know that's an extreme example, but people are so hungry for the experience of God, the presence of God, in their life, they'll, they'll jump on to that without balancing out the Word and the Spirit. Right. It, it is super important to understand that because in, in 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 19, it says this. It says, do not quench the Spirit. I'm going to stop there. What does that mean to you? Think about it for just a minute. Do not quench the Spirit, which means you can quench the Spirit. Because we're told, don't. We can quench the Spirit. And we just talked about being zealous, being passionate, being on fire. Right. With having a fire for spiritual gifts, having a fire, yeah. especially that you may prophesy. Right, exactly. If you don't have a passion, if you don't develop a passion, or even say, you read a scripture like that, you know, earnestly, or be zealous about, and you just say, eh, I'll just wait for this, the zeal to come on me. You may wait most of your life, and the zeal will never come on you. You've got to say, you've got to take a scripture like that and say, okay, God, here, what do I do with this scripture? Give me, burn, I want to burn with zeal like that. Even yes. if I don't, like, Lord, help me burn with zeal. I want to get on fire. I want to burn with zeal. I want to be hungry for this stuff. I want to, I want, I want to pursue the things of God. I want to have a hungry that I don't want anything. I want to burn with that kind of zeal that you talk yeah. about. Take it to God. Take it to the Holy Spirit. He's the helper. 
He's yes. going to help you. But, but, but if we just like, meh, it's automatic. It's that, it's that God in control mindset that's poisoned our thinking. Like, it's just automatically going to happen. It becomes passive and apathetic. You know, I, I don't know who Terry is in the King James, but he's made a lot of people miss out on the gifts of the Spirit. You'll have to build that on it. You know who Terry, Terry for this. Terry, Terry wait. Right. <laughs> yeah, because many people, I mean, I remember when I was, even after I was filled up, they used to yep. say, you've got to just tarry for the Spirit. Just wait. We had yep. tearing meetings. And th- there's, a lot of, there's a lot of well-meaning churches and, and, and believers that are trying to figure this out. So we're going to be merciful and kind to them. But let's do it from the Word. Let, let's do it from a place that, that has the Word with the Spirit so that we're, people aren't being led astray. I call it passive-aggressive, where it's like, yeah, yeah, we believe in that. And then how often are you, you operating in the gifts? How often are you given the opportunity for the baptism of the Holy Spirit? How often are you stepping in and being zealous for the things of God? Like Greg Moore says, the Holy Spirit should be president, not resident. He's, he needs to be up front and center. It's, it's about what he's doing. And God knew in our weakness that we would need gifts of the Spirit. Right. Think about that. If, if you knew how to believe God perfectly in your identity, you wouldn't need gifts of the Spirit. But God, in his infinite wisdom of how he made man, said, you know what, you're going to need this in my body so that you can be whole, that you can be built up, so that you can get that, that boost when you need it. There's t- everybody needs a boost in life at times, right? That's why he gave us miracle signs and wonders. It's yeah. so that he can build in the church, it's to build the church. Outside there, it's to win the world. Yeah, and, and you know, unfortunately, people have taken what God has given us, and because we've not been well taught, then we've taken it, we've, over, we've, made, we've become weird. So people, is, so the Holy Spirit is, is considered to be kind of weird. Anybody who talks about the Holy Spirit is considered, considered weird. Like if we put the Holy Spirit, people, it, most of this town will think, oh, that's a weirdo church. They probably just run around the church and laugh and fall down and, you know, that whole gold dust, gold teeth, blah, 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 blah. Listen, guys, whatever it is, it's like, are we pursuing stuff or are we pursuing Jesus? Yes. Are, we, are we a worshiper of God or are we a follower of the stuff? Yes. Forget the stuff, people. We need the Holy Spirit to do what he told us to do, to be yes. the helper and the teacher. It says believers that miracles, signs, and wonders follow believers. We don't follow them. Most of the church is chasing after something they already have because they don't believe they have it. Big difference. That stuff follows, I mean, goodness, mercy, they follow me all the days of my life. But miracles, signs, and wonders, they're, they're in there too. They follow us as believers. It, it's, it should be expected. Yeah, earnestly seek the giver of the gifts. Don't earnestly seek just the gift because then the gift has become an idol. It's something you have. It's something you perform with. Instead of saying, God, work this through my heart, and by me being here, I represent you, Anything, any opportunity, if we have a dead person here, we can raise them right now. Any gift of the Spirit is available for those who believe. Now, you're going to have your personality, the things you tend to flow towards, move towards. Praise God for that. That's how God made us. But don't limit yourself. You know, Jesus said, according to your faith, so be it unto you. As your faith is, so be it unto you. Galatians 5, 6 says faith works by love. So according to the revelation of God's love for you, you can work in any and every gift you need at the time. You just simply need to see the opportunity. Faith sees opportunities that carnality does not. 
Right. And, and I mean, w when, when Hans came here last year and he spent, how, how, was it almost a week? It was about a week, yeah. So, so we wanted, I wanted Hans, and Hans and I had been speaking about this workshop for, I don't know how many years, a number years, of years. Yeah. And so, so Hans came and did that workshop here for about a week last year to, to make it real practical. And so he printed, he's just got this book out. How long is it? It's only a couple of days. It's, just got it yeah, like maybe a month or so. Flow, flowing in grace, months. spiritual gifts foundation. There's a teacher edition and a student edition now, and that comes from basically what you put together for for, yeah. for this. this yep. uh, it just grew into that, and, and God stirred me up in that, and it, it's made for discipleship. It's a, dis a discipleship tool for Bible studies, uh, you know, prayer ministry teams, things like that um, to, to grow. And, and the thing, there's always a renewing of your mind part, okay? So that's what the workbook's for. But it's really about the application. It's really about being together in the presence of one another and watching the gifts come out of people. And we saw last fall, it was so much fun. Who was here for that? We, had, we have a handful. Yeah. Did you guys have fun? Yeah. yeah it, it's fun. We need to show people, especially the church, that God's fun. Yeah. You know, God, it, it, one, one of my mentors, Dave Duell, it, you know, he always said that, if you can't have fun, you're in religion. And that's always stuck with me. I, I want to show, you know, it says in Hebrews, it says that Jesus had more joy above all his fellows. And people, the world should say, man, those, those weird Christians, they are always happy all the time. Because if you've seen me, you've seen my father. We should be the happiest bunch of people on the face of the planet. Right, and, and, and I don't think, we don't have to be unscriptural. We can be completely scriptural. We can have fun and be scriptural. And, you know, we can also give ourselves some grace. We call Wednesday night overflow, we call that our sandbox. Because guess what? You don't go from zero to 100 without going through one mile an hour, two mile an hour, three. You go, it, it's progressive. Everything in the world is progressive. You learn, a baby learns by walking. and doesn't, He doesn't give up if he tries to stand up once. And falls down and says, I can't do that. I'm not qualified. Maybe it's for the big, the, the special babies. They can walk. I tried that and I failed. Can you imagine? Anything that you do, if you feel like it's a failure, if you, if you don't realize that everything is going to take effort and time and you are going to get better at something, and guess what? You are going to fall on your butt. You're going to make a few mistakes. And guess what? That doesn't mean that you stop eagerly desiring the spiritual that means that you press in. And, and, and that's why, like Han said, in growing, you avoid those things like names, places, dates, things like that, geographies, things like that. Because if when you're growing, now I'm not saying that you can't have a supernatural, massively powerful gift of, of discernment and words of wisdom and, and words of knowledge. And you've got these. Great. If that's the way that God uses you and uniquely gifts you in the body of Christ, fantastic. But we don't start there typically. So that's a safe place in, in the sandbox to start. Avoid those things to try and be super spiritual. Yep. If you're trying to be super spiritual, you need to check why. Are you trying to serve your ego or are you trying to bless somebody? Our goal is to love. Ministry is always about trying to help the other yes. person. It's not about trying to inflate my ministry success. Yep. If you're worried about how you look, maybe you've got a little bit of too much ego. And we all have it. Lest you think that you're immune. We all have it to different degrees. It's something that we all have to be aware of. We've got, that's why the love 
part of 1 Corinthians 12, 13, and 14 is so central. He says, listen, love is the centerpiece of this whole thing. If we're going to operate here, you've got to understand it's got to be done in love. Otherwise, it's a clanging symbol. It doesn't matter how much faith you've got. It doesn't matter if you've got words of wisdom. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter because it's got to operate in love. Yes. And, and so that is absolutely key. And, and of course, you saw how Mary flowed, right? Last week, um, Mary, Mary demonstrates love. Whether you wouldn't have even noticed Mary giving a word of correction. But she did. You know why? Because a word of correction, when it comes from God, is always edifying, exhorting, and encouraging. Yep. It makes you feel like, man, that's great advice. You see, but that is how God corrects us. He uses His Word. He's always going to speak to, his, to us gently. I mean, until we're about to step into the road and you've got to jerk somebody out of it, if it's that imminent, sometimes you can speak pretty directly to somebody to save their life, right? You're not going to say, hey, I don't think you should step into the road. <laughs> Act quickly. Be swift. Yeah. So there is, an, there is an element of there that as we learn, um, and, and honestly, it can save our life to, to practice these things and learn how to hear the, the voice of God. So being in discerning, I just think that discerning, obviously, when, when somebody gives a prophecy or you receive a personal word, you have one, you know, immediately that's either going to resonate in your heart, right? Yep. You actually, if you know what it's, it's you're either going to go like, huh? And your head's going to tilt like, or you're going to frown inside like, what? What is that? I've never heard that before. Or it's going to confirm something yep. that you've known, and it's going to be like, wow, I kind of know that. So pay attention to that. You know, um, when somebody gives you a word, make sure you, make sure you go and write it down. And I must ask for uh, forgiveness because we, we've just had a technical glitch, and we're trying to get the whole all of those MP3s uploaded. So they will be uploaded, but... But you write down the prophecy that you've got that's been given you or given it. If, if somebody put it on a word, write down what you know, whatever it is, but write it down and then discern it. Go, like, okay, Lord, what is, do, do, does that resonate with something in me? It's, if it resonates, if, if, it's, if it resonates, great. Then we can take it to the word. Does it line up with the word? Yeah. And, and prophecy isn't the first place. It's after the word. The word is the priority. You know, there's a lot of people, I need a word, I need a word. I, well, what have you done with the word that you have? Have you been faithful with the word? Are you putting it into practice? I'm not talking about just reading your Bible. That's fine. I'm talking about let the written word become the living word by letting the Holy Spirit breathe upon it. You keep it like Shannon's saying, you know, listen to those prophecies. Write down those prophecies. Make them plain so that your natural mind can begin to cooperate with what the Spirit of God already knows, but it can cooperate and begin to see and, and get a picture, meditate, mull over, think on, contemplate what is being said, because that's where it's going to come to fruition is through your heart. It's always inside out. I think a lot of times we look at prophecy as outside in, that this is happening to me instead of saying, no, I'm just calling forth the witness that's in you or I'm going to birth and stir something in you. Uh, you know, it's, it's going to be something that, that firms up, that speaks with and firms up a truth that you've been working on in your own heart. But it's not an outside-in proposition. It's inside-out. It's always the spirit of truth. It's always the, the Holy Spirit 
bearing witness, comforting, counseling. Hello, counseling. What do counselors do? They talk it out. They listen. Oh, my gosh, they listen. Good counselors listen, and great counselors, ones that are effective, point you back to Jesus. We've got the Holy Ghost. We've got the best counselor of all time. But the thing is, we have to learn to connect with the finished work, our spirit man, and our heart. That doorway between your heart and your spirit is whether you win or lose. That's the, the very tipping point. And that's shaped by the word. The word of God is actually what will shape that, that doorway in your heart. Amen? Amen. So I want to carry on in that first, uh, first Thessalonians 5. So 19 says, don't quench the spirit. And then it says, do not despise prophecies. Uh-oh. Do not despise prophecies. And sadly, we've generally despised prophecies because they've been so weird and wacky, generally speaking. But we're told not to despise prophecies. And then it says in verse 21, but test everything and hold fast to what is good. Test it. Check it out. Test it. Hold fast to the good. That's the, 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 the same thing as eating the meat and spitting out the bones or eating the hay, as Brother Hagen used to say, and spitting out the sticks. You don't have to eat it all. It's not one size fits all, and it's not, it doesn't it really. So you've got to process that. Yeah. So how, so how do you test the spirits? Let's go over. Can, I know I'm throwing a curveball to our media team, but could you go over to 1 John chapter 4 and verse 1 through 3? Throw that up there real quick. So how, how do we test the spirit? This is just very practical, and I, I want to see it from the word. You know, people have different, different methods or different things of, of what they think that might mean, but, but let's go there for a second if, if we can. Um, First, John chapter four. Uh, First John chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. There it is. Here we are. Okay, it says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. So the first thing you're looking for is to see if it's, if it's from God, okay? For many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this, you know the Spirit of God, every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. Confesses means to speak the same as. It's going to bear witness of the life, death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how you test prophecy, it's not going to deny it. It's not going to push your ego or, or carnal desires to, you know, exceed the, the, the word of God. You know, if I, if I prophesy over T and Stacy and say, you know, I, I really feel like the Lord's just saying right now that he wants you to go rob a bank. <laughs> Let's test that. Let's test that word. Okay, I know I'm using an extreme example. But it gets a little dicier when you have things in your heart or things you're overcoming and in process and maturing in, and, and you, you don't know which way's up. Anybody ever been there? And you're hungry and you're, you're looking for that confirmation, that, you know, something to bear witness, like, God, I got to see this because I'm struggling in this. And I, I use that extreme example because I want to I show you that, that it's going to be done in the conversations of grace and faith. That's who God is. It's going to be done in the love of God. And, and like Shannon said, it may be corrective. Oh, it, we said correction in grace. Church, oh, what's going to happen? No, it's, it's to say here's the truth. The truth that will set you free is more valuable than how you feel about it. And I say that in love. I really do. I'm, I'm not trying to, if, if that hurts you, come talk to me afterwards. I love you. 
okay? I mean it. Because the truth, the greatest, I think Jim Richards says, the greatest, uh, the, the truth that offends you the most has the greatest potential to set you free. It's that same doorway in your heart. When you got born again, you gave up your right to be offended. That's bonus material. Anyways, verse 3. I'm sorry. No, they carry on. You have something? Okay, verse, verse 3. It says, and every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. This is the spirit of the Antichrist, which you heard was coming and now is in the world already. Real quick, before you all freak out and think we're in Revelations. Antichrist, Christ means the anointed one and his anointing. Antichrist is flesh. Sense-based knowledge, carnal knowledge that says, oh, I'm feeling this. I'm sensing this. I'm going to, through my natural thinking, going to go this way. That is against the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God says, do it this way. This is based on truth. The Spirit is life because of righteousness. I will give you a place in me where you can function above the world system, beyond the world system. You're in the world, but you're not of it. We have to function here while we're here. Let's make the most of it. Let's make it count. But for us to do that, we're going to have to learn. You know, Luke 2.52 says, this is, I believe this is a word for somebody. Luke 2.52 says that Jesus grew in wisdom, favor, and stature with God and man. If Jesus had to do it as a man, the son of man in the earth, we're going to have to do it as his body. We're going to have to grow Everybody turn to your neighbor, turn to one neighbor and say, grow. Turn to your other neighbor and say, up. Okay? We, we have to grow up. We have to mature because that's what healthy things do. Healthy things mature and grow. They don't get stuck. We get stuck yeah. sometimes because we're traumatized because we view something outside of the word of God and then attribute it as, and we end up judging God, saying, this is who you are. And God says, but this is who I've said I am. Will you believe it? And then we've got to be willing. Can I say the repent word? <gasps> Another Christian cuss word, repent. <laughs> right? Yeah. You, we, we, repentance is a gift. We should live in it. We have to be willing to change our thinking to say, you know what? To me, it's not change your thinking or else. It's am I willing to give up my view and opinion for his? Only, and if, only if you want abundant life. Only. Yeah, That's if, all. If you don't want abundant life or the benefits or the gifts or freedom, then but just I don't do, it your, work. Do, do, do it your own way. <laughs> yeah. I'll try it my own way. It's like, uh, you know, the, the old saying, Jesus plus anything is nothing. Are we willing, are, are we willing to rethink? Are we willing to say, God, change my mind? Because I think you're good, this good. I may have even experienced you as this good. Romans 2, 4, it's the goodness, the kindness of God that leads us to repentance. So we're not going to preach repentance in that way. We're going to uh, uh, preach the goodness of God because that will always lead you into changing your thinking. Come on. I know. You get, you get in the South, man, the Bible Belt. You start, start talking about repentance, and it's like, I don't know what's going to happen. Like we got like 1,800 definitions of repentance down here. And, and it's the process of I'm going to focus on the goodness of God because that will help me effortlessly to rethink how good God is in my life. But that takes yeah, work. It does. And so testing the spirits and checking it out 
is to, to recognize as genuine is such a critical piece of when you, when you, when you discern a prophecy, you test it out. And, and, it's, and it's really as, because I mean, as I mentioned, the, the, the verse before says, don't despise it. And I looked up that word despise. It's to make of no account or despise utterly. So the one way we can discount a prophecy is by just despising it and make it of no account. No, just shove it aside. Then we quench the spirit and we make it of no account. But if we, we don't just swallow everything, hook, you know, hook, line, and sinker, so to speak, either. So it is important for us to check out, like Hans is saying, the spirit and, and, and what we're going to do with that. Does it, line up? Does, it, does it line up with the Word of God is the biggest thing. Um, and once, you, once it sort of passes the test, and like I said, pieces, is there more that you wanted to say on that particular just, piece? Just real quick, I wanted to add just a, kind of a, a scripture with, that, that goes with that. It's 1 Timothy 4.14. It says, do not neglect the gift that... Uh, that is in you, which was given to you by the prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. If you neglect something, um, y- you know, if, if it's like you don't feed it, you don't clothe it, you don't house it, that's neglect, right? And Jesus said he couldn't do any mighty works if he didn't abide in this Jesus. He had to abide in the Father. Well, it's the same with us. If, if, and, and in this specific with prophet, with prof, you know, prophetic words and and prophecy, don't neglect it. Don't, you know, you have to feed it with the word of God. You have to add faith to the grace potential that's been given for it to come to pass. But if you just let it go, if you're passive about it, well, well, just whatever will happen. You know, we don't neglect our kids. We, we, We feed them, we clothe them, we love them, we nurture them, and they mature because it's part of development, part of growth, part of being healthy. There's miscommunications, there's frustrations, there's things we work out, right, as parents. But it doesn't change the, the process. That's powerful right there because, you know, you can, you can be alerted to a gift that you haven't if you've, never, if you've never really. So sometimes you're not aware of it, and that's what the prophecy is for. It's like it stirs you up. And so there's a way to stir up the gifts, and we're not going to go into because praying in the Spirit, guys, you just got to be doing it. I just got, I will say we can speak for days on just, it's just huge. It's powerful. But that's how, one of the ways we can stir up the gifts in, inside of us and is by praying in the spirit. But besides, besides all that, I want to get to this place and I know our time, we've already gone a little, uh, but I'm, I, there's this piece now, what do you do with this? Because it, it, this automatic, you've been given this prophecy, you've recognized it, you've tested it. Now what? Do you just sit on your proverbial couch and wait for God to do something with it? What do you do with it? And I, I believe that obviously you take it before the Lord and you're going to, you've got to bring it to the Lord and you've got to pray about it and say, okay, Lord, I've got this word and, and what now? What next? How do I get? Because it has to be mixed with, like everything, by grace that we've been given, with the gift that we've been given is by grace. It's a God-given thing, but it takes me to bond, to, to, to set faith toward it. In other words, and that's, you know, how I, I, I receive it. It's mine. I'm lay hold of it, and I've got, to, I've got to put faith with it to walk towards it, but that doesn't mean inactivity. I actually have to sometimes do stuff. I, I, I gave this example on Wednesday night at Bible school, when I was in Bible school in South Africa, there, and, and I, so I can't speak for Bible school. I've seen some similar certain Bible schools in America. But I, I, I had lots of guys that had given a wonderful prophecy, and they were like, 
oh, well, you know, when you talk to them, they were, they were like sort of bragging with the prophecies that they were each given. Well, what are you, brother? And I was like, uh, I don't know. He says, well, I'm a prophet. And somebody else would say, you're just a prophet. I'm an apostle. You know, and they were, they were all bragging about what prophecies they've been given in their life. And, and, and honestly, I'm something, <laughs> but, but it was almost like they were bragging about these prophecies, like they earned them <laughs> somehow. And, and they, and they, they were just, and thank God they'd gone to Bible school because that's a start. But, but I tell you what, if you don't know what it is, because these guys, when they get these inflated ideas of something of what this is, then, then, then it's like when they left Bible school, none of them wanted to go and work anywhere. The gifts were given for function, not for title. Right. Or and, position. Yeah. So, so we would tell them and say, hey, listen, why don't you go and get a job with so-and-so, that evangelist ministry? You're going to learn a ton of stuff. Well, it looks a lot like hard work, sleepless nights, blood, sweat, and tears, hours and hours of work. Nah, I'll just wait for me to become the prophet that or evangelist that I am. I mean, literally, we get letters sometimes at the evangelistic organization that I worked with with Ed. Um, God told me I'm going to be an evangelist. Please provide me with a sound system, a stage, a, a truck. Like, how do you think you get there? By reason of use. By Exercise your right. senses. You, 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 you've got to start somewhere. And it's the proverbial, be, be willing to serve. Don't be willing. Don't strive to lead. Strive to serve. Yeah. Good. Jesus is a servant. He, he served everywhere. I told the bit, I told used to tell Bible college students that they don't like this. Get out of Bible school and go and serve. Yes. Serve, 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 because God will exalt you in due time. But you've got to, you, there's a place of practically putting into practice and going to serve in somebody and, and rolling up your you rolling up your sleeves and you know, but I don't there but the, it's almost like it's become too fancy. It, it, that's too beneath them. And they skip they they skip they skip out the scriptures that say, be willing to do menial labor. What? That's in the Bible. Yes. Do you read the Bible? Oh well that's what that's not one that's on my mirror. <laughs> be willing to do menial labor. Yes, take that the promise. One. Claim that one. You know. But I tell you what, if you're not willing to serve, you will not be faithful. If you're not faithful with little, who is somebody else's, how will God give you anything that's your own? Yeah. Because it's about maturing and developing your heart. God's interested in your heart, not the stuff. We get our eyes on the stuff. And it can be, it can be kingdom stuff even. We get our eyes on the stuff, and then we start puffing up in our mind. Uh, well, look at me. Whoa. It says love builds up, knowledge puffs up. And, and I'm, there's a lot to be said on that because it's not, it's, it's not whether it's full-time or part-time. God, listen, it doesn't matter what God's called you to. This is reality. You can be a doctor. You can work at 7-Eleven, at Walmart. You can, it doesn't matter if you're a police officer, a judge, a lawyer. It doesn't matter if you're professional, unprofessional, blue-collar, white-collar. It doesn't, it doesn't matter what you are, uh, where, you, where, you, where you're earning an income. Just be kingdom-minded. Put yep. God first, serve exactly where you're at. Serve people, walk in love, walk in the way that you do. Follow the way of love, eagerly desire spiritual gifts. First yep. Corinthians 14. I mean, Hans has a painting business, has yep. a painting business yeah, for I've, years. I've painted uh, full-time. I've had my own business uh, since 2000, but I've also been in full-time ministry that whole time, the way I see it. It's not, you know, uh, 
it's like a lot of times people see you know someone up on the stage worship whatever a platformed based type ministry and they go ooh that's glamorous especially if you're in your 20s or in bible college oh that's glamorous it's not glamorous it's glorious it shares the view and opinion of God, but these are things that they've been developing. These are things that they, they're, they're playing unto the Lord and, and, for example, worship or ministering, teaching unto the Lord. It's, it's easy to criticize that. Well, I would have done it this way. Well, what's in your heart to develop that faithfulness and that gift when nobody is seeing? You know how many messages I've preached to my family? You know how many messages I've preached to basketball teams? I'm a basketball coach as well. That nobody will ever see except God and those the people that were in that room. The one-on-ones, the heart-to-hearts. That's, that's where your heart is formed and shaped and yielded. God, God you know, if, if you have your own will, this doesn't work. You have to yield to what he says to do, how he Ooh. says to do it. Mm. And that's, that's tough because it's like, it's not going to work your way. What is Jesus saying? If, unless you're willing to lose your life, you won't gain it. Yep. What do you think that means? You've got to be willing to lay down your life, take up your cross daily. Right. Yep. What does that mean? Oh, Jesus took my cross. No, it means being willing to sacrifice your life for the sake of kingdom. Being willing to lay aside your passion because, oh, I've got this before the sake of the kingdom. Kingdom, if you're called Jesus Lord, kingdom should be first, remember? Right. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all these, and his righteousness. That's got to take priority no matter what we're doing, you know. But I tell you what, it, it's, there's a practical side, guys, that, that I'm trying to communicate here too because people don't like to hear the practical side. I was, at, I was at a very good high school, one of the top high schools in South Africa. It was a boys' college. It, it was, we had sister high schools of girls in when English and Afrikaans, and this, and, and this was a notable school, well-known for its sport in the country, for rugby and cricket, and, and, it was a, and it was very high in academics. I used to do pretty good in academics until the last little while. <laughs> uh, but I tell you what, um, I, had a, I, I, was, I was a fairly good student when it came to the academics. I was not a sporty sporty kind of guy but I was known in, in the academic side of things and so people thought like everybody was going to pursue um, you know medicine or everybody was going to pursue all the big things being a lawyer money makers and things like that so I, I ended up going this route of, of just like okay God well what do you want to do with my life I'm just going to and, and I, I joined Ed and I mean I'm just giving you a really, real practical example and that's what I did I, I learned how to mix sound. I learned how to put a sound system together. I learned how, after I'd gone to the army, and the army taught me to drive heavy machinery or trucks and stuff like that mostly. And so I drove trucks and I used to set up the crusade and blood, sweat and tears in the middle of Africa. I can tell you st stories with guns and blood and sickness and disease that nobody will ever see. Nobody will ever see, but I can remember one day I was just passing, happened to be passing through my town in South Africa because this was hundreds of miles away from my, my, mom, my mom and dad lived. I was in a boarding school, and they happened. I bumped into an old school friend, and he said, are you going to the 10-year reunion? I said, ten, is it 10 years already? It's like 10-year reunion, and so I ended up going there, 
And here were all my classmates. They were all doctors and lawyers and things like that. And they, so, so they, <laughs> it was kind of humorous because it was like, here it was Shannon who was back then. And then they were like, show Shannon, you know, what do you, oh, so they, they, oh, well, he's a lawyer and he's a doctor and they do this and they do this. And so what do you do? Um, I drive trucks. <laughs> I didn't know what else to say. But you see, it's like, for, for 10 years, I drove trucks in and out of Africa and set up crusade fields and did things like that. I never, I never preached once. I mean, I taught counselors and raised counselors, and I developed relationships. I learned more about the gospel. Everything that you're hearing now, I learned about the gospel there. And that was after Bible school. People don't like to hear that piece because they think that it just that piece comes automatically. Or they, or, or I had I had one guy that said, "Oh well, I've done a year of you know I served as a as an intern for a year, so now he's he's ready for ministry." I was like, "Well, if God says you are, I guess you are." But dude, I, there's an element of surrender, and I, I'm I'm not using I'm not I'm trying to I'm trying to show you something that I hope you can catch the spirit of. Will you let your heart grow? Will you let discipleship grow in you? Will you follow God? Will you put Him first? How, how important is kingdom to you? Because when you hear prophecies and you see an angle of God, like Mary comes and says, you know what? She sees this in you. This is God's perspective. This is God's opinion. This is something in your future. That is something to lay hold of. It's precious. It's, it's like, wow, thank you. That's how God's that gives you hope, something to hold on to. But please don't just put it on the shelf and leave it there. The kingdom needs you. The kingdom needs you to walk towards that peace. The kingdom needs you to put kingdom first. Please don't put Christianity into one hour a week and show up and smile. And Please don't do that. The kingdom needs you. It's such a time as this. Yeah, so... Kind of in in wrapping some of this up, I think I think we're close, right? Yeah, yeah and wrapping this up um, in the I think they're in the back still. Yeah, in the yeah. back we've got just a little worksheet, and it's it's homework if you want to do it. We're, you know, no one's forcing you to do it, but if if that's something you want to do, just to grow in the gift of prophecy and what to do. Basically, what do I do with the prophetic word? And there's just a few things, some scriptures with it. Uh, that you can run prophecy through, you know, things like writing it down, uh, learning how to test it, uh, just discerning it. And, and, and really what it's about is developing your heart, planting the Word of God in your heart so that you can accurately, accurately discern, interpret what God said, and then what's the step of faith to begin to apply it? I've got to mix this with faith. I'm going to, you know, God did his part. He, he gave us gifts. He sent uh, Mary or, or other prophetic voices in your life. He gave you a word. What are you doing with the word you've been given? That, that's the challenge. And again, this is, this is your choice. It's a free will choice. It doesn't change anything about your purpose or your sonship. Or how much you loved. Or how much you loved. You'll always be loved as much as you ever will be. But it can change how you grow. The, the timeline of your growth. And it's not like, oh, I got to grow, I got to go grow. No, it happens naturally. But your job is to plant the Word of God in your heart and let the Spirit of God do what it does. How, we do not know, but He brings increase. 
I promise if you plant the word of God in your heart, he'll, be, he'll bring increase to your life. If you plant the word of God discerning the prophetic word you got, he will bring increase to your life. He will build you up. He will encourage you. Amen? Amen. Does that help you? Amen. Let's pray. Hans, why don't you pray yeah. for us? Well, Father, I just thank you for today. Uh, I thank you for all your children that are here. I thank you, God, for, for your love, your logic, your intent, your character to back up your word. That's who you are. And right now, if, if there's anybody in here maybe that you've never received Jesus into your heart, you've never made him Lord of your life, um, when, when we're done praying, I'd like you to come down up front, and we've got uh, a ministry team, and, and we'd be happy to pray with you, uh, as well as if, if anyone wa- wants to receive the power, the empowerment to be a witness, to produce miracles, signs, wonders, evidence, testify of the Lord Jesus Christ. God wants to, to empower his body to be built up, to go in the world. And, and change lives. So right now, in Jesus' name, I just thank you uh, for sealing this word in our hearts. I thank you, God, for um, just the discovery of these prophetic words, of things that have been said to us. Um, we lay down offense. We lay down anything that would cause us to despise or quench, despise prophecy or quench, <laughs> put a fire on that zeal for the gifts of the Spirit. We open them back up in Jesus' name. We thank you for your great love for us. And uh, I just call everybody blessed in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So respond to that if you want to be filled with the Spirit or, or if you...